With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. What we're learning is the most important antitrust case of the century enters its next phase. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. They were declared the winner of the search engine wars way back in 1998. Fortune magazine saying the company was poised for much bigger things. That company was actually Yahoo. And turns out that prediction didn't age all that well. Of course, Google is the real winner in the fight for search engine dominance. And how it got there is the subject of the U.S. Justice Department's antitrust case against it. Google has just started mounting its defense as a 10-week trial on the issue nears its end. Much of the case hinges on the idea of defaults. Marketplace's Matt Levin explained to me how they figure into the federal government's argument. So DOJ is saying that Google is paying billions of dollars annually. The New York Times actually just reported $18 billion annually to uh, Apple specifically. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of money even for Google. They're paying all of that to be the default search engine on iPhones and on other devices. And being the default search engine has allowed Google to basically eat an estimated 90% of the search market. And DOJ is saying that's an anti-competitive practice. 90%, that's huge. Google now getting its turn to mount its case. What's Google's response been to all of this? So publicly, at least, Google has basically said, we're better. We're just better. We're better than Yahoo. We're better than DuckDuckGo. We're certainly better than Bing. And that's why we've achieved such dominance in the search engine space. The other part that Google has talked about is it's not that difficult to change your default settings, especially compared to maybe where we were in the Internet like 20 years ago. So if you remember the Microsoft Internet Explorer antitrust trial, arguably the most important antitrust trial of the late 20th century. By a hair. <laughs> by a hair. That that trial hinged on Internet Explorer being the default web browser for Windows, right? And 
back then, if you wanted to change web browsers, it was kind of cumbersome, like truly, like you sometimes had to install a CD-ROM. Remember those? So Google is saying, look, it's not that hard to do it if a consumer really wanted to do it. Well, let's maybe deconstruct Google's argument here a little bit, because you spoke to some experts on this, and I guess most people aren't changing their default settings. Yeah, that's that's right. And the reasons for that are are interesting, right? So there's a whole literature of behavioral economics about the power of default. If your company auto enrolls you in a 401k, you are far more likely to save for retirement as opposed to if you have to sign up for it affirmatively, right? But talking with some experts in user interface design for technology companies, there's more at play with tech defaults. A lot of it is is fear, right? We've all been in a situation where we have adjusted the settings on something technological and then our computer froze or our phone wasn't working in the way that we once wanted it to. So there is more of a apprehension with tech defaults than other forms of defaults. We'll be right back with more on the behavioral psychology of defaults, why old habits are so hard to break. You're listening to Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali, and we're back with Marketplace's Matt Levin. What are some of the things the experts you spoke to said to you about this in terms of the power of defaults? So I spoke with Jared Spool, who has been an expert in user interface design for decades now. He's actually the guy, or at least was on the team that in the early 80s came up with the insert home page up, delete end page down, the little like suite of keys on the keyboard above the arrows. If you have like a big keyboard. Yeah, the big six. Yeah. The... <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> that is not a term of art. <laughs> do you use do you use any of those? I, I use do. page up every now and then. All still. the time. All the time. Big fan of insert. Big fan of end. <laughs> <laughs> That's music to Jared's ears, I think. <laughs> He was saying that part of this is if the tech companies know that these defaults are lucrative and they kind of don't want you to change them, they're not going to make it super easy for you to figure out how to do so. He came up with this really interesting analogy. Changing the defaults on tech is kind of like when you go into a friend's house and they invite you to pour yourself a cup of water. And you open up the cabinet that seems logical to you, but there aren't any glasses in that. So you have to open up the next one. You have to open up the next one. That feels familiar to me, right? Going through the settings on your phone and being like, okay, 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 okay. And then finally being like, eh, whatever, I give up. Um, I don't have time for this. It's really interesting, too. It seems like the default status is more powerful in mobile as opposed to on your uh, personal computer. I got to ask, Matt, have you tried to fiddle with your default settings? Have you tried uh, switching away from the Google search engine? Because I found it to be kind of hard and I had the exact experience you just laid out. Too hard, not worth it. I have. I think that maybe because I'm the only member of my generation that seems to care about privacy. (laughs) I do have DuckDuckGo as the default search on my phone and on my computer. 
and it's not as good. It's not as good as it's Google. It's not as good. That's what Google is saying. It's because all of us use it so much that it is this good. That's why, not because they're paying people, Apple and Mozilla and whoever else. That's right. And the counter argument from the Microsofts and the DuckDuckGo's of the world is you are this good because you're the default. You have so much data to help refine your search engine because you're the default. That's why you're paying Apple $18 billion. That's what makes your search engine better. If we were the default, we would be just as good as you. That was Marketplace's Matt Levin. Well, it took, count them, 29 days. But at trial late last week, we learned that in 2021, Google paid $26.3 billion to make sure its search engine was the default on web browsers and mobile phones. As Matt mentioned, the bulk of that went to Apple. Big tech critic Tim Wu, who spent two years strategizing on antitrust for the Biden administration, called the news a bombshell, asking, rhetorically on X, why Google would need to pay that much if its search engine is so great. The Verge is out with the back of the napkin math, finding that 26 billion is about 16% of Google's search revenue and about 29% of its profit. We knew it was a lot, but the actual dollar figure came from the Justice Department's cross-examination of Google's head of search. Prabhakar Raghavan also testified late last week that the company is disparagingly called Grandpa Google, with leaders there worrying that their product could become irrelevant among young users. Grandpa Google knows the answers and will help you with homework, Raghavan is quoted as saying. But when it comes to doing interesting things, he says they like to start elsewhere. Daniel Shin produced this episode. I'm Lily Dramali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.